How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. This is a very exciting episode. It's Show and Tell 18. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. These are the kinds of episodes where Carl and myself each bring in nine tracks that the other person has not yet heard. And we kind of, we like to keep it a secret. So I don't know what Carl's going to play and he doesn't know what I'm going to play. And it's exciting. Uh, just sort of the nature of, you know, us being brothers and growing up this way, we've kind of turned it into a little bit of a competition it is um of who can bring in the better playlist I, I think most importantly who can bring in the best track of the week and i think you guys as listeners are all rewarded for that because what that means is that these playlists are usually very good densely packed with great music i do know that today from what will was kind of hinting at me i think our playlists are going to be very different so there's going to be a lot of good diversity between your picks and my picks yeah which is good because my picks aren't very diverse at all <laughs> <laughs> on their own i for some reason um, uh, I, I had a lot of things kind of on the checklist where it's like, I can't wait to talk about this. I really want to play, you mm -hmm. know, music from such and such a game. Um, and it just so happens that, uh, all of my picks are from 2003 and, uh, beyond. Um, so, you know, typically, you know, like in the early days of the podcast, I was known for doing a lot of like NES Nothing music. Nothing but NES. If you Super remember Nintendo. the first show and tell, I think it was like all NES and I even Almost, made a joke yeah. at that. I was like, oh, well, I didn't realize this is an NES show and tell or something. Right. How times have changed. Yeah, your humor has not changed, though. <laughs> I mean, equally as funny, right? Well, well, why don't you tell me what that wonderful track uh, that you played in with was? Definitely. So that was from uh, probably the soundtrack I'm most excited about. I just discovered it recently. Um, it's from a game called War Thunder, which is a World War II inspired um, sort of action online multiplayer uh, game. Uh, mostly for like the PC um, but it has this incredible soundtrack like just so so good wonderful orchestra music that to me is like it, it just got me really excited because it combines um, you know not necessarily the cliches but a lot of the elements of modern film score just kind of you know ostinato based rhythmic stuff uh, but with a little bit more symphonic flourish and it's like this beautiful marriage of you know classic film music and modern film music it's by uh three russian composers uh georgi zirikov alexander korony and zahar antonov this game interesting was, yeah it came out in 2012 uh it's this world war ii sort of simulator hmm. i saw one of my friends uh playing it and i was just like what is that music and uh, i've been going through the soundtrack and dude it's, it's exquisite. just incredible it's that's really a great fun. find you think that has potential for a spotlight maybe at some point i mean i would love so i think it it may get a little samey because it's a lot of like battle mm -hmm. action music that's very similar, but sure. it's just really exquisite, wonderful writing. That's awesome. Well, I think it's now my turn because that was Will's first pick of the day. 
So now it's my turn to get the ball rolling here. So I'm excited. I'm going to play a track from a game that was released in 2015, and we actually just had a spotlight on it. This is Yoshi's Woolly World. Nice. I'm going to play another track from this, and this is cool. This is an unused piece of music. So I don't really know what was going on with this game and maybe the order of the tracks that were composed, but there is about five or six pieces of music that are unused, and they don't have any other t- like cutesy title. You know how the titles in that game were like shy but deadly, right. things like that. This is. These are just completely unloved these are it's called stage music one and it's unused but what's really unfortunate about this is it was completely finished it has just the same quality of instrumentation and real performers and everything that was so good about the soundtrack so this track was completely finished and for some reason it wasn't used Uh, so with that said i'll take a listen to this pretty track this is stage music one unused from yoshi's woolly world composed by tamoya tamita is pretty stuff very relaxing you guys are listening to stage music one unused composed by tomoya tamita from yoshi's woolly world oh man yeah, i was so impressed with the quality of this melody uh when i got the soundtrack this was something i was really impressed with then i noticed that about a week or two ago we actually i can't remember who but someone on twitter actually brought this track to our attention too and said hey guys did you know that there's some really good unused music and i was already aware of that at that point but yeah this is Every bit as good as some of the music in the game, I think. Yeah, I'm super surprised this one was cut. It's great. I mean, it, it shares uh, the just delightful production mm-hmm. uh, of the whole rest of the game's uh, It's a shame it was cut. I think it's stronger than some of the used music. And yeah. actually, what's interesting is there's stage music 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, I believe. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a really cool reggae piece of music, like authentic reggae. Oh, nice. And so it's just, I don't know why. I mean, it's possible the designer maybe wasn't happy with it or it just didn't fit the pace, you know, what what have you. But uh, it's just cool to think that so much music was written for the game and not just written but actually implemented. It's also possible that Tomoya Tamita just 
you know wrote a lot of different mm -hmm. music and then it was up to the uh you yeah. know designers to sort of implement it and you that know they just be. maybe had more than they really needed uh, i'm just really glad we got to play this though because this was one where i was like i kind of felt like including it on the playlist of that episode but i was like uh we should probably just focus on used music um but yeah, yeah no. dude this one was super great wonderful choice cool thank you i think it's uh now your turn for your second pick right yeah, well, uh, my next one is from a game that I, I kind of have this interesting relationship with because I played it when it first came out when I was a kid, just in elementary school. Um, and it's from the game RuneScape, which is oh, kind yeah. of the most popular free-to-play MMORPG. But I played it back in like 2003 or something. What's the music even like? Um, yeah, and back in like 2003, it was a very cheap-looking game. I don't remember the music particularly well, um, but I was having a conversation with uh, one of my friends about video game music, and he brought up RuneScape, and I'm like, oh, really? I, I don't seem to recall <laughs> it. Um, but what I realized is they've been updating the game. You know, I played it for, you know, maybe like a week back in the early 2000s, and then I gave up on it because it wasn't my kind of thing. Wow. Uh, but every few years, they would update it and, you know, sort of completely retool the whole game. And so in about, I think, 2013, they uh, revealed what I guess was considered like RuneScape 3, but it was just kind of <laughs> still free to play the same thing. Yeah. And uh, th they not only recorded some of the existing themes with an orchestra, but they wrote oh a whole gosh. bunch of new music. And it's great. It's, you know, wonderful video game orchestra music. I wonder how they paid Very for it. Very much of that kind of like, uh, I don't know, Celtic Lord of the Ringsy sort mm -hmm. of sound that I think a lot of games go for. Um, hmm. But it's great stuff. So I'm going to be playing a track from RuneScape 3. Uh, this is, again, a very Celtic dance piece. This is called Village Dance. Uh, this game was composed by James Hannigan and Adam Ritchie. I believe Mr. Ritchie was the person who composed this specific track. Let's cool. take a listen. Thank you. 
We're listening to Village Dance from Ruinscape, composed is, by Adam Ritchie. That's wonderful, man. What Isn't a great, this great discovery. Oh, love this. It's so fun. I, I heard this in a medley of all the Runescape Village music, and the first one that I heard was an orchestral arrangement of a tune that I probably heard when I first played the game. The original soundtrack was just kind of this awful sounding general MIDI, and then they went in and reorchestrated everything. Um, but then, you know, I was listening to this medley of village music, and then when this one came up, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? It's fantastic. I love the melody. I think it's melody. hilarious that this is for RuneScape. It just feels like it's just like a triple-A quality as far well, as I mean, the production. RuneScape, and... I think, has become a little bit bigger of a game. I mean, mm. I, I kind of, I was only aware of it from some of my friends. Again, back when it was just like a really cheap-looking kind of thing, but, um, you know, free-to-play games are all legit. the rage these days. Yeah, that's true. And you made a good point when we were listening to this. Is like just because the game's free to play, like the developers are still able to make money from all the content that you have to buy. I think they definitely figured that out years ago. Yeah, that's kind of the new uh, the new marketplace. Cool. Well, now I'm going to move on to probably my most active and energetic track. It's interesting. I was looking at this playlist, and usually I play a lot of groovy music, but my playlist today is kind of a lot of soft, pretty stuff. So I think so I think you're, both you're of getting ours, soft on us. I'm getting soft, except not this one. This is cool. Uh, this is a new discovery. I've I've never even heard of this game, but well, uh, let me see if you have. Have you ever heard of the game Crisis Force? No. <laughs> it came out just for the Famicom in 1991. It's a Konami space shooter, and it was composed by Kenichi Matsubara, Yasuhiko Mano, and Jun Chuma. Those are the composers, and, and once again, just released in Japan. Um, and it had a multiplayer as well as a single player, which is, you know, pretty cool for 1991. Not a lot of shooters did back then so let's take a listen to stage two from crisis force i think this is a fun one i hope you guys enjoy You guys are listening to Stage 2 from Crisis Force, and Will was asking me just before I fade this down, is the whole soundtrack this good? This is the best track, in my opinion, but there's some other killer tracks. It's a great soundtrack, man. It was a gem. I'm really happy I discovered it. Isn't this so wonderfully cool? implemented? It's so exciting. Those meter changes writing. are so musical, and, and they're not, like, obnoxious at all. They really kind of get in your head in a good way and just kind of get under your skin. It, it kind of reminds me of implementationally all the creative things that some of the Western composers yeah. do. Yeah. But melodically. But a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. It's Japanese. No, 
per perfectly said, Carl. I completely agree. Yeah, it, it's very rockin', really badass. Uh, a lot of really luscious harmonies, though. Yeah. You know, like very kind of, I don't want to say complicated, but more interesting chords than I guess I would expect. It's a for... pretty complex piece of 8-bit music. Yeah. And how about so that cool. awesome, um, you know, drum sample on the Famicom? It's just... Dude, this is great. This is my favorite track of the day. This is better. I will say this. This is better than anything I brought. Oh, thanks, man. So, I mean, if your track of the week is better than this, it's I hard to say. It's to very, it's very different. Like I said, this was kind of the more blood pumping choice on my playlist, and I could have gone with it. Um, but yeah, the, my track of the week is definitely a lot more soft and beautiful. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how the playlist goes. But cool, man. I think it's uh, your next pick. Well, I'm super excited about this. Uh, one of the things I want to mention is that recently. Uh, us Brueggemans got the opportunity to see Star Wars The Force Awakens. And, and we loved much it. Much <laughs> like the rest of the world, uh, we're obsessed and in love with it. Um, Me and Will have already seen it. Well, you saw it three I've times. Seen I've it seen three it twice. Times. Yeah. And, and at the time of recording, that's just as sad as it probably is when you're hearing it. Uh, but, <laughs> but even more so. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I've been in a huge John Williams kick because, you know, I was I was so looking forward to that soundtrack and listening to all the other Star Wars scores to prepare for it. And now I'm so obsessed with the Force Awakens to score. To be fair, you've been in a John Williams kick since you were like five. That's true. <laughs> that is also true. But that's why I think I'm playing so much uh, orchestral music. But it's also... Um, Recently, the game Star Wars Battlefront was released I knew with, it. in my opinion, the best soundtrack for a Star Wars game. A John Williams the kind composer, of sound The composer yeah. Gordy Hobb is, I mean, he could score the next Star Wars film. Like, mm -hmm. he, he's got the now, chops, Has man. he done film? Um, I don't know if he's done film. So film. it's unlikely he would ever get that job, but I mean, he's everybody's good. The thing that's crazy is the score to Star Wars Battlefront sounds more like the original trilogy than The Force Awakens does. Like The Force Awakens goes in new directions and it sounds a little bit more modern. Where like right? the stuff that it's Gordy more does in yeah. Battlefront, it's like Classic you could Star tell Wars. me that it was an unused piece from Empire Strikes Back. It's it's just marvelous. Um, so I'm gonna play a couple tracks uh from this game today just because I'm just so blown away by this composer and. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention, it was recorded by the London Symphony Orchestra. I did hear that. So, yeah. you know, it's this is Star Wars music through and through. So the first thing I'm going to play is uh, the battle music from Sullust. Let's take a listen. <laughs>
I'm my my hat is off to Gordy Hop. Seriously, hmm. this this soundtrack just blows me away. This is legit. This is the Sullust battle music, and um, and it's cool. Sullust uh was a planet that was sort of name dropped in the original script True. um of Star Wars, and it's since you know mm-hmm. become part of the expanded universe and everything. Well, yeah, I gotta say, all the little flourishes, all the little colors, all the little instrument pairings are spot on. And well, it's and it's cool not here. It's not an easy thing, you know. It's like I I don't know. You it could takes, study John yeah. Williams for a hundred years and not be able to get his style down this exact way. I mean, I, I think it's crazy because, I mean, there's so many facets to Williams as a composer. I mean, whether you just look at his themes, his melodies, his orchestration, mm-hmm. or just his scoring, how active and busy it is, or just the function of leitmotif, the way he uses his themes and distorts them. I mean, there's just a lot to kind of digest. And what's so impressed me about this is... Uh, not only just the sound of those musicians in the specific orchestral effects, but the density of the orchestration. You know, I've heard other composers get close to doing a quasi-Star Wars thing, mm-hmm. but it's never to this effect. I mean, you mentioned some of those orchestral effects, but, you know, looking at a John Williams score is very can sometimes be very overwhelming and oh, yeah. dense and complicated. And... I, I just I was so amazed particularly at that moment with those kind of aleatoric mm-hmm. strings and you have that like buzzy kind of uh, percussion sound. One thing that I was uh, particularly impressed with and what it reminds me of Star Wars score is how the emotions change on a dime and it's yeah. literally it is the best way to describe it is a roller coaster ride. Sure. When you think about a roller coaster you have the dips and you have the peaks and the valleys and that's what you're getting in this well, the track. The other cool thing is this whole game is thematic. You know not only is he great at making this Williams orchestra kind of come to life but he writes these wonderful Star Wars-esque themes that that come up in various Are you tracks. playing it's any really sort wonderful. of kind of more lyrical piece Yeah, I'm also going to be playing... Well, I, I won't tell you, but I'm playing another track from this game. Very cool. That was awesome, dude. Yeah, no, got to say, so far, I'm pretty impressed with uh, the music Yeah, today. I just... I want them to have an official soundtrack release because I will shell out the dough for it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go back to a soundtrack that I love. It's one of my most beloved uh, it's a classic for me and you know every once in a while on show and tells I like to play tracks that for whatever reason I never got around to play before on the podcast so that's what this one is this is from Goemon's Great Adventure for the Nintendo 64 a really fun soundtrack this whole series is just such a colorful um, kind of musical style that I just love this is a track called Grotesque Village and I think my favorite thing about this track is probably the chord choice I just think there is kind of an interesting progression that is really catchy and I think it's just Um, something that's kind of undeniable. So I'm going to remind you guys of the composers on this game. We have Shigeru Araki, Yasumasa Kitagawa, and Nobuyuki Akina. Let's take a listen to Grotesque Village.
That is a hip track. You guys are listening to Grotesque Village from Goemon's Great Adventure. Isn't this just cool? I just... That's very cute. It's just great. Yeah, one thing I like about this track, and I remember when I first got the soundtrack, I was like, oh, I really like this because it's way darker than every other, most of the other tracks in the game. It features a similar kind of chord language and style, but if you remember, most of the tracks in the game are a major key and like very bubbly um, and rainbow kind of colors, but this one is a little bit darker. It's called Grotesque Village. Uh, I don't know, I just think it, it just grooves and it has a really interesting chord progression and good melody. It features all the things that I like about this soundtrack. Well, it still um, balances those uh, Asiatic influences yeah. as well. It's pop, Actually, as well it, as pop music. It makes it yeah. a more um, unique composition because it doesn't quite feel like a cliche because it's going mm-hmm. off in such a different direction musically, but it's still incorporating some of those elements, so it's it's kind of like something you've never heard before. My favorite chord is that fourth chord, the boom, right. boom, boom. It just gives that little bit of darkness and mystery. For sure. Super catchy. Cool. Nice change of pace there. Yeah, this is definitely going to be another change of pace. Uh, This is something that I've been wanting to play for years and just I keep forgetting, I guess, every show and tell. Um, but I suppose that's that tends to happen. I guess that's good why we keep doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a track I actually first heard, you're not going to believe this, Carl, by going to uh, a high school choir concert. Oh my um, gosh. Back in like 2011. Oh, is this a Civilization Yeah, this track? is... Yeah, okay, so you, you took it out of my mouth. Well, the track I'm playing is from Civilization mm-hmm. 4. I remember that concert. <laughs> yeah, and this... Pe- well, I didn't play in it. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, um, I, this is before I joined choir. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the year before, uh, and they sang uh, the piece Baba Yetu, and I really liked Classic. it, and I talked to them afterwards, and Are a lot you of sure people... Are sure we haven't played this? Yeah, I'm positive. And I, I a lot of people... Uh, in the choir I talked to and uh, they knew you know I was Mm -hmm. a huge fan of video game music and at that time we were just sort of starting the podcast and they told me like oh you know that Baba Yetu is from a video game like what this choir piece um, so it, it's crazy because um, so kind of my exposure to it. I can't believe we haven't played this. Yeah, it's just one of those things that's always been on the list. So let's take a listen to Baba Ye Two from Civilization Four. This track is composed by Christopher Tin. Let's take a listen. Yeah. 
Isn't this great? This is Baba Yetu from it Civilization 4. I think it's a perfect choice. I mean, I, obviously we can talk about the music, but uh, it's a perfect choice for the game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because the game, it's one of those kind of like godlike, you know, games. That's, that's what surprises me something. is because we had a Sims, a simulations episode. Why didn't we include this? I, I really don't remember yeah, I, why I, we did I even feel like I remember... Uh, talking about doing it. I think we yeah. did something from like Civilization 5. Maybe. Um, or maybe it was one of those times, this has happened a lot guys, where we've talked about something and I just forget. <laughs> I'd like forget to, to get right. it. And it's just, we record like, oops, I forgot about that track. Yeah. That could have been the case <laughs> for this. Yeah, it's possible. It's it's always been one of my favorites though. I mean, I, I like that it's kind of using the idiom. I mean, it's almost to me a it's cliche so in choir music to, to do use. this kind of mm -hmm. like African sounding thing. I mean, I love it, but a lot of like modern choral music. I will say though, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know a lot of composers uh, that do that. But what I will say about this is harmonically, this is actually capturing some of that traditional. Oh African, no, totally. I mean, that's uh, why I, I love that style. thing. It's just, I it's a little bit, almost of a of a cliche. It's of totally doing a cliche. That in, yeah. Um, choir music but i mean doing that with a bunch of white people in a high school yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's I think definitely that's a what cliche no but it, it's a great piece and i it, it's perfect for the context of the game it it also it grounds it somewhat in the humanity of it you don't I think just feel right. like you're playing a simulation you it well, makes you it, it also it sparks the imagination it's like oh i can create my own civilization mm -hmm. and hearing something like that there's a vastness to this yeah. track I, what i will say about this track is it's not about the gimmick actually the music is very oh. high no, quality. beautiful melody yeah so it's just you know the voice is just you know yeah i didn't mean that powerful. in a disparaging way i just mean as as someone who's you know listened to a lot of um performed a lot of choral music that's oh yeah just kind of uh it, it's funny to hear it in this context where in video game music it's like wow that's super unique but <laughs> in the world of choral music it's a little bit of a cliche cool well i'm gonna play my next pick i'm really this is one of the things that i called a long time ago and will was very upset when i called dibs on this this is from the legend of zelda triforce heroes which came out this year composed by the wonderful ryo nagamatsu this is a great track it's the title theme i'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it wonderful real performance uh again you know nintendo we've gotten to the point where it's this like accordion is and violin, violin. wonderful vi awesome. yeah we've gotten to the point where i don't think we're going to go back even a title like this which is a title that if I, if I were to expect any sort of zelda title to feature nothing but fake it would be this and this doesn't even have that so i think we're you know we're through the looking glass so let's take a listen to the title theme from the legend of zelda triforce heroes
if that doesn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what will. This is uh, the title theme to The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. It makes me want to go on a quest, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. really <laughs> badly. This is composed by Ryo Nagamatsu, featuring wonderful performance by the violin and accordion. I love hearing these instruments and play. Recorder. Yeah, the recorder playing video game music, because compositionally, it is through and through video game music, but it's featuring, you know, an ensemble that you'd expect to hear something a little bit more traditional, but the music itself is, it couldn't be more uh, colorful and kind of over the top. I, I just love it. Yeah, it's great choice for Zelda. Uh, also, good choice for, like, a Zelda side game. Since the instruments are so different, I think it actually makes the melody feel more comfortable and at home in the Zelda series. I agree. Where I think if it was done with, like, an orchestra or kind of, um, you know, trying to sound like more mainstream Well, also, this is much cheaper to record. You'd only need a few people, and it sounds full. A really huge thing that makes this track work uh, and a lot of this, you know, a lot of the score is uh, the authentic hand percussion. That's all real, too. What you're hearing there, you know, kind of those talking drums and the bongos and well, stuff. That's all real. The melody really reminds me of the uh, Smash Brothers for Wii U yep. uh, theme, but it's, it's just better. Kind of a, I think in, it's better, in yeah. Three. In yeah, my sure. opinion. I don't want to, you know, make anyone offended or anything, but I uh, I think this is maybe a better melody. I don't know. I, I was just, I, as soon as I heard, it's one of those tracks where you hear right away and it's just, it works. It's really undeniable. Like, there's nobody who's going to listen to this and be like, no, I don't really like this. Like, it, it's just, it's great music. Sure, totally. I think it's up to you, back up to you, man. Well, I'm going to do another track from War Thunder, that game that I played in with. And this is one that uh, is just a, a wellspring. I mean, I, I'm hopefully going to play much more music from this game uh, in future show and tells. Cause I you said just it's called War Thunder, right? thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, War Thunder. Uh, it was released in 2012. And I'll remind you of the three composers of this game. There are three Russian composers. There's Georgie. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Georgie Zaryakov, Alexander Korny, and Zahar Antonov. And they just they nailed they nailed the mother they just they nailed the mother it's it's great i love this soundtrack i (laughs) i i it's a really long soundtrack too and i just i couldn't stop listening i just went track to track to track that's a sign of a good score i fell in love with it so the last track that i'm going to play from this game is called ground forces battle music three and it's probably not what you're expecting (laughs) let's take a listen
God, I love this. Oh. Yeah, Carl, we got to do a spotlight on this, this game. It's undeniable. so incredible. You know, what's what's great about this soundtrack, and I mentioned this before, but it's like this marriage of modern film music and classical film music, and it's been this dilemma that I've just been thinking about a lot, and I think a lot of film composers have really been struggling with it. It's sort of like, if we move into a new era of film music that's trying to embrace the past, how, mm-hmm. how can we kind of make music that's still rhythmic and exciting and everything but also melodic and using more parts of the orchestra more traditionally symphonic and honestly this is maybe the best example i've ever heard of yeah, marrying this... that you know there's there's examples that feel like oh it's starting to sound it's like oh this sounds like a hans zimmer thing but then you get this wonderful melody that'll come in or you get something like this that honestly this sounds like a piece of russian classical music this sounds much gorgeous. more classical to me than than film music yeah um, and what i love about it is it's one of my favorite times in recent memory when I can say this sentence, this sounds nothing like video game music, but it's kind of a good thing in this yeah. case. Because the authenticity here, it doesn't sound like video game music because it sounds like it was composed hundreds of years before. Well, and I also want to say that they did a really interesting thing in terms of scoring that I think is unique to this game. It's unique to just anything covering World War Two. Because in this game, you can either choose to play for um, Britain, mm-hmm. Japan, Germany, Russia, or the United States. And Who so would play the, for Germany? There are these, there are these <laughs> themes. No, but there are these themes for each uh, country, victory and defeat. And so I was expecting for, for you know, Russia victory, we're going to get this very Russian sounding thing. And Germany's going to sound like this evil Nazi march. And the United States is going to sound... But it wasn't. It was all just completely almost cosmopolitan. Hmm. And it was brilliant because I realized... Yeah, you're right. They could have easily done that. Yeah, this isn't a game with that's kind of telling you who the good guys and bad guys are. Because you're the player. You're experiencing it. So whatever side you're on, the piece needs to feel victorious when you win. And it needs to feel you know defeating when you've lost. And so it was really interesting to listen to these gorgeous pieces of, you know... Uh, either heroic or kind of lyrical. So you're music saying it kind of made didn't it cohesive? feel patriotic or like frightening. Well, well, I mean, honestly, it feels like that. Maybe I don't want to say it was a missed opportunity, but it feels like such an easy choice, like to yeah. play something like maybe Wagner esque, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like like you. What, well, like you're something saying, that but... would just sort of characterize the Nazis, or something that would sound Russian, or something that would maybe sound more like Aaron Copland. Exactly. For the but they yeah. didn't do that in. It was honestly huh. this kind of ballsy choice that really um, intrigued me for the emotional possibilities of storytelling in video games and not really telling you who the good guys and bad guys are. So I That's just wanted excellent. to um, point that out because I just, I don't know, I couldn't have been more impressed um, listening through to this game. Absolutely, man. That is a great pick. I got to say, so far, really happy with the music today. I think one of our best shows. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so can we stop? Because I, I kind of want to eat some dinner. <gasps> Not quite yet. We have um, some great stuff to get to. Okay, so uh, we're getting close to our each of our track of the week suggestions. But before that, uh, we have one more track each. So this is the same game, though, for me. I'm planning to play two tracks back-to-back from this SNES game called Dual Orb 2. Ooh. Now, everything about this game <laughs> doesn't sound like it's going to be that great. The name Dual Orb 2... It just, you're, I don't know, I, my expectations were pretty low. And the titles of these tracks are kind of generic and bad. But the music is so, so good. It's some of the most sophisticated orchestral music I've heard in recent memory for the Super Nintendo. And it's a shame that it's not, you know, better known because it's just 
I don't know what these guys were able to do with these samples is absolutely remarkable. So the composers we have here are Nobuyuki Hara, who I'm familiar with from his work on the Sunsoft games. He did a lot of work with Naoki Kadaka, as well as Yu Yoshida. So let's take a listen to a track called Town One from Dual Orb 2 for the Super NES. That blows me away. You guys are listening to Town 1 from Dual Orb 2 <laughs> for the Super Nintendo. That's amazing. This sounds so much more sophisticated than, you know, something like Zelda or, you know, Actraiser. Uh, just as far as technically, the decay and the space and the lushness that you get, it sounds like even better than some PS1 music I've heard. And, and musically, yeah. I think this is musically, a wonderful Musically, I kind track. of expect it to be accompanying Master Yoda. It does have <laughs> some reminiscence for Yoda's theme for sure. I Obviously, I heard that too the first time I heard it. I stuck with it, and I'm glad I did because I think it's a wonderful track. I mean, that's kind not of, a bad thing. Yeah, it establishes a little bit more of its own identity as it goes on, especially in that final section. Um, but yeah, I think Nobuyuki Hara and Yu Yoshida did a wonderful job, first of all, implementing this um, on the Super Nintendo. It sounds super slick, but um, the composition here is just killer. Yeah. Great choice. It's good to get some more uh, Super Nintendo music. Absolutely. Because, you know, I'm just going to be yeah, and I can't wait, dude, to to play the next track from this because I think you're gonna love it. So I think now it's time to move on to, if I'm not mistaken, your track of the week choice, right? Absolutely. So my uh, choice for track of the week is from a game called Undertale. Uh, you may remember that we featured uh... a couple tracks from Undertale on our indie games episode. One in particular that was an arrangement of the main theme. That mm-hmm. I mean, I just loved because of how great the melody is and so i was interested in um looking into the soundtrack but i ended up not really and then i ended up uh hearing about the game and so i started playing it with my roommate and then that's when you love the and music. i sort of wasn't tracking that it was the same thing until i heard that theme and I'm like and the game is incredible you know it's just brilliant it's sort of like I don't know how to explain it. It's really funny. It's like a send-up of RPGs. Kind of self-aware. But it ends up yeah. having like really great characters, a wonderfully compelling world. Well, I think the soundtrack story. is a great uh, kind of glimpse into the game. I mean, yeah. it's such a quirky, The soundtrack is really soundtrack. versatile, and it's sort of like right up my alley in terms of just yeah. being a little bit of everything that you love. We'll, we'll spotlight it's, on it. Yeah, it's it has 
elements done in Family Tracker sound like NES. It has elements that I imagine was done in the same way that we do Some it. Some sort of SNES, SNES sounding instruments, and then there's Obviously stuff that just feels stuff, yeah. completely modern. And it just it, well, what's the they name blend of the, it together? What's the name of your track of the week choice? Uh, so my track of the week choice is a piece of music called Snowy. And another impressive thing about this game is the whole soundtrack, everything was done by the designer of the game, yeah, Toby true. Fox. So he's just, you know, one of those geniuses that I guess is good do at everything. Uh, but this piece is beautiful. Um, like the title suggests, it happens in a part of the game that's quite snowy. Let's take a listen. F you, Toby Fox. F you. I mean, the <laughs> fact that you can make a brilliant game that not only functions like some of the best RPGs, like just mechanically some of the things that he does. Because, you know, I've never been a fan of like uh, turn-based role-playing games, but mm -hmm. this game, I was genuinely interested in playing the game, exploring the world, the mechanics. It's hilarious. He's like really funny, has great writing. There's all these different endings and possibilities. It's such a passion project you can tell it's just like a labor of love and the yeah. music is incredible. well let's talk about this track Good particularly Lord. for me the first thing i noticed was that very surprising note choice of that third chord i want to say second or third chord uh it's just it, it surprises you and it really is like woo what's going on and what i love about that is as the harmonies come in the violin the second violin the third violinist at one point uh that note in that chord finally starts to make sense because it's a pretty dense very interesting chord. Well, yeah, it's one of those pieces that's sort of about oscillating between two sort of Yeah, it's kind of, you're right, it's like two chords, you're it, right. It's very much like something like Space Junk Galaxy or a, a lot of that, yeah. like, spacier Japanese-sounding music. I mean, I think he was really inspired by a lot of SNES RPGs. Well, when you think um, about that type of a use, um, you know, Space Junk's a great example. Very small amount of chords, but the movement, you get a lot of chromatic movement. Well, and a lot of emphasis on six scale degree seventh scale mm -hmm. degree ninth scale degree emphasizing major seventh chords major ninth chords like it's pretty space very stuff. out there luscious kind of harmony and again having this reverberant piano and occasional violin it starts to sound you know maybe like joe hisaishi or something 
That uh, is killer, dude. It's wonderful. And what I'm excited is I'm actually going to be playing another track from Undertale later today. I think it'll okay. be the last thing I'm playing. And it actually uses that melody. The other thing I love about this game, it's a thematic score. So that, that main melody of the game is used throughout in clever ways. But this melody is used in various ways. It's just wonderful. Cool, man. Well, yeah, it's it's tough to have to fight against that. But what's cool is I think both of our choices for track of the week are a very similar energy level, which is cool that worked out. I'm going to play another track from Dual Orb 2. This is my vote for track of the week. It's called Harp 2. I think it's incredibly beautiful. Uh, kind of stopped me in my tracks when I discovered it this week. So I hope you guys enjoy Harp 2 from Dual Orb 2. <laughs> can't get better than that folks that was harp 2 from dual orb 2 guy i don't really even care who wins this rock paper scissors because those are just such great pieces of music when when the piece started i was kind of like thinking about it it's like gosh i really hope i win and then after it's done i'm just (sighs) like oh i kind of want it's so wonderful will made a great observation is there's that one chord that it just feels like uematsu yeah it has that magic luscious and like unexpected Mm -hmm. in a in a really Jazzy. wonderful way it's just colorful so and cool. mysterious and beautiful like it really gets your imagination going you know one of my favorite things about uh this podcast is we play a lot of music that we don't understand or really know the context of what's happening on screen this is a great example of that where it gets my imagination going and i have no idea what's going on but it's just i don't know i'm just thinking about so many different emotions just ba- just based on the music it's and pretty yet, awesome you can't escape your destiny we must face off in fisticuffs, hand-to-hand, rock, paper, or scissors. Here we go. You ready? And on shoot. No funny business. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, it was a draw. Two scissors. I feel like we always do scissors. We always did. Here we go. I'm so scared. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. We both did paper. Oh, we're on the same wavelength. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I won. I got scissors. Will got paper. Now that's been a long time since I've won. I it, will say it that. It does feel that way. Yeah. So so yeah. The track of the week this week is Harp Two from Dual Orb Two, and it's really not that bad, not that sad because we are probably going to have a spotlight on Undertale next season. So. And we'll play that track again. Yeah. We, oh, we absolutely. It. So good. Cool. Well, now I think we're going to move on to Will's next pick, right? So this is something I really have wanted. This is another soundtrack that, honestly, I could imagine doing a spotlight on. It's so good. In keeping the spirit of faux John Williams music, um, I'm going to play something from Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. I love this soundtrack, dude. Clint Bajakian. It's phenomenal. I love the game. game. I played it so much. Yeah, I played it so much growing up. 
Uh, I always the best it on indie the PC. game, in my opinion, for sure. Uh, but the soundtrack is—I uh, mean, I remember it was orchestral, and I guess my memory was that it, it used a lot of Williams score, and I knew that it incorporated new stuff as well. But I forgot just how many incredible themes, and it's a really melodic score. You know, it's—it's it, it's just incredible. I mean, it, I don't think it's as authentic to Williams's scoring as uh you know what Gordy Hab did in Battlefront but I mean it's impossible to match that Clint did a phenomenal job this may be my favorite thing he's ever done uh, I'm only going to be playing one track from this game today but trust me you will be hearing more from this in the near future because it's it's a I'm excited to hear this this will bring me soundtrack. back I'm sure yeah, so I'm going to be playing uh, a piece called Istanbul Breakout. Oh, Carl, yes. if you remember that part in the game, <laughs> yes. you get taken to Istanbul. And it's great because one of my favorite things about John Williams is when he does this kind of Middle Eastern sort of thing. This is a to great To me, I mission. look at this piece as Clint's demo tape for Uncharted 3. Let's, let's hear it. It's phenomenal. So let's take a listen to Istanbul Breakout from Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Istanbul Breakout from Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, composed by Clint Bajakian of LucasArts. Of the Dream Team, folks. So good. But, you know, he don't need no team. Clint's got it where it he counts. He is quite dreamy in and of himself. I this mean, brings me back. how phenomenal is this? This is such a great part of the game. Such a wonderful game. I, I was just had an absolute ball with this game. I really think it was under underrated, you know, like critically. I, I think it got a lot of, like, low sevens, high sixes. I, I don't know. I think it, the combat system was wonderful, and it was a really refreshing Indiana Jones it game. It made because, you feel like Indy. Yeah, it made you it feel like really Indy, did. and it wasn't clunky. For well, the, it, it just like, the cool thing, it had all the kind of uh, cliches of Indiana Jones. All yeah. it, was, it had the Indy formula down to a T, and it had great character themes. Well, I, I mean, one of the reasons I want mm-hmm. to do a spotlight is one of the main villains, uh, Von Beck, mm-hmm. has this incredible German Nazi-sounding yeah, melody, which is just a great motif. Uh, the main... Um, 
what's what's his name? Lao Shay is like one of the main villains. He has <laughs> a great theme. Indy has this love interest, um, who's this Chinese woman, and it's this great mixture of like a, a John Williams romance theme with all these kind of Chinese music yep. cliches. It's just great. It sounds like. Honestly, like I could imagine John Williams going for something similar because Indiana Jones, it's a throwback you know to what? the 1930s serials and a little bit of oh, campiness yeah. with everything. You know what Emperor's Tomb really, I equate it to? How it made me feel the same way that everything or nothing made me feel about becoming Bond. Yeah, for it was sure. finally upping the ante, and it was just everything about it was firing on all cylinders. The cutscenes were good. You know, the characters were all the cliches. And great were there. orchestral the music. Were great. I mean, Sean Callery's music for everything or Perfect. nothing just like made you feel like you were in a Bond right. film. Well, before I move on to uh, my next pick, I, I think we each only have a couple more to go here. Uh, we're gonna do another question. So uh, recently, we had an episode, and, and one of our listeners emailed us. A questions that we could read on the air and we got another round of that uh for this episode so yeah feel free to keep that going guys this is fun so this question comes to us from holger and he's wondering about our kind of our recording setup he asked uh what sequencer do you use what do you use to get your music out of the sequencer and into sheet music for your bands and what virtual instruments are essential uh he's especially interested in um, getting sheet music out of sequence music uh, that's kind of his his main thing he's interested in. Let me let me start off talking about maybe some of the virtual instruments, then I'll let Will go into uh, the sheet music stuff. Um, virtual instruments that we use uh, a lot. We use Hollywood strings, Hollywood brass. Um, as far as if we're doing orchestral stuff, uh, those are probably the, Hollywood, the two. That's, that's the East West Quantum mm-hmm. Leap uh, sounds library. I also have mm-hmm. Quantum Leap um, pianos, and which we use uh, a lot. Marty, uh, I know, is a fan use... of uh, CineSamples, which is mm-hmm. this other company, and they make a really great um Yeah, I'm not sure, samples. Holger, if you're interested in orchestral stuff, but that that's some of the stuff we use. As far as other stuff, Goliath is a VST that is just also indispensable. Quantum Leap. We use it a lot. Um, there's, there's, Trillion there's a lot of stuff. Is, a, uh, is a program that has wonderful... Uh, Electric and upright bass. Yeah, great bass. Um, I, I mean, mean, we could go on and on. You know, Addictive Drums is I really good for, for drums. I think as far as doing like... Uh, synthy video game music i mean we've talked about that's sort of more of a different process for the snes stuff we just use a very basic um it's called sfz it's just a sample player so you just put in a little waveform and pitch it up and down and so we make our own custom snes sample so not really any sequencer for that for nes stuff i use uh fami tracker um mm-hmm. so just kind of one of my favorite way. uh chip vsts is called chip sounds yeah uh, it has just get- Really quick and easy way to get good sounds. Um, retro Carl stuff. also uh, is very familiar with a program called uh, VOPM, mm-hmm. which is a VST or virtual instrument that allows you to open OPM files, which are essentially um, files instrument that files. have sound settings from different Sega Genesis games different to levels replicate it's super yeah, cool so you can open aquatic ruin zone yeah so it's <laughs> not just you know a, a synthesizing Genesis but you can load up specific which uh, is very useful so sets. Will uh, do you want to quickly I know we're kind of running out of time here quickly talk a little bit about what you use to get sheet music right so I mean I use a program called Sibelius there's also a program called Finale that's probably a more popular equivalent as far as uh, Holger you asked about getting music from from the sequencer and into sheet music 
that can be kind of difficult and most notation softwares have uh, the ability to import MIDI and I believe Sibelius does as well so if you sequence something say in Pro Tools or we use a program called Re uh, Reaper or if you use Logic you can um, export MIDI files and import them into Sibelius mm -hmm. but typically if I'm doing an orchestral project I do it the other way around where I orchestrate and write everything in Sibelius the best and make way to the do parts it. and everything there and then if if I want to make a digital mock-up, I export the MIDI from Sibelius. Well, here's one of the on one of the Reaper. issues with not doing that is when you when it comes time to import the MIDI, it's just going to be gobbledygook. There's going to be a lot of weirdness going on there. Well, and it's harder. I've just noticed for Sibelius finale may be better. Um, but I've even watched videos of like importing MIDI. It's kind of a, it's a tedious process. Um, there's yeah. ways to do it, but I, yeah, feel free to shoot us another email. We can personally kind of give you another email for, if you want more info, but yeah, thanks for that, uh, question. Hey guys, keep, keep sending us in questions. Yeah, those are fun we to enjoy answer. It. Cool. And they can well, be silly too. They can just be personal oh, absolutely. questions. Yeah. They can whatever. be anything. You can ask us, you know, what we think of the political candidate. No, no, please don't do that. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. All right. So I'm going to move on to my next vote. Emperor pick. Palpatine 2016. My next pick is from a game called tales of Zestiria, And it was composed by Matoy Sakuraba and go Sheena. And I'm going to play a really beautiful piano piece called the melody of water will lead the way. goodness <laughs> that's pretty virtuosic piano playing digital piano playing probably right there you guys are listening to the melody of water will lead the way and this is from tales of zestiria for the ps3 and this came out this year this is a 2015 game another modern pick today and this particular track was composed by go Shina. this game was also worked on by the, the prolific matoi sakuraba it's part of the tales series um, and this um, composer, Go Shina, he only composed one disc out of the five discs of the soundtrack. Most of it was Motoy, but this disc is probably the best stuff in the game. I think this, this guy is maybe known for other Tales games, but wow, does he have a command of classical music here. For sure. This is beautiful. Video game music's getting really good. I mean, I it guess... It is. <laughs> I think it's also just having this podcast really 
has made me appreciate all kinds of different stuff and just how versatile this medium really is. Amen uh, to that. I'm really excited to play another track from Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, this is the main theme, which I was alluding to earlier. Uh, this piece, I wouldn't exactly call it lyrical, but it mm. has a wonderful melody, a uh, great theme that's um, used all throughout the score. This is again composed by Gordy Hobb. Though you may think it was composed by John Williams, your ears can deceive you. Don't trust them. that incredible we're listening to the main theme from star wars battlefront that's on the nose man it's such a great theme i mean not only is the voicing super john williams you know having like a major seventh chord um all having just a string of seventh chords but yeah it could fool it could fool anybody i mean it could fool you you're one of the biggest john fans in the world but if this was included in a movie you wouldn't bat an eye at all. Yeah, this, this was it's in funny. episode seven. This I is would more be Star Warsy than some of the episode seven music. Yeah, that's the fun thing is Battlefront. It's returning to the world of the original trilogy, so he's really trying to match the orchestration. Where I think with episode seven, well, I mean, you know, I, I has, should be clear, it has an entirely new tone. So John I'm not is trying going to say that the episode seven score is anything other than great. It's just that because of the new characters, what what John was able and to do different with the music um, of episode seven is, is it feels like just how the, how there's new and old, that's what you get with the sure. music. You know? Well, I think I, compared to the, the prequel soundtracks, which I adore, I think episode seven sounds more reminiscent of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just some stuff, you know, that like he did in the original films that you almost just couldn't get away with in a modern film. It would right. sound maybe like too can or something yeah no it, but what that's what it's I a little love more about restrained this game is like this music just is so on the nose to stuff yeah. from a new hope uh empire and jedi cool well now we're gonna change it up so much here and we're gonna go to a very nerdy choice for me um <laughs> i'm gonna go to a game riviera for the wonder i think Swan. you made a nerdy choice when you started a video game music podcast yes that was my first nerdy nerdy choice and the rest of it is downhill from there 
Uh, the Wonder Swan. Will, do you remember? I do. You know, featuring uh, music from this failed handheld, right? This was composed by Monaco Adachi, who's actually one of my favorite. The Not video So game Wonder Swan. Not So Wonder Swan. Let's take a listen to Dark Gate from Riviera. guys listening to dark gate from riviera for the wonder swan composed by monaco adachi really not a lot i need to say about this track kind of speaks for itself it's just kind of filling my quota of classic rocking (laughs) video game music i need to have at least one track like this right this is kind of the stuff that you expect from me wouldn't that be the case will will is there anything you um noticed that stuck out about this one no, absolutely not. I think it's completely plain and boring. Let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's great. I, I, you know, it's interesting Good about harmonies. listening to uh, Wonder Swan is it's just like, it's so foreign to me as far as these instruments because it, it doesn't quite sound like anything else that I'm used Kinda to. Kind of Game Gear-esque, yeah. I guess, is the closest thing <laughs> but I... But again, it's just like Game Gear, <laughs> that's not even like such an identifiable sound. If no. it's Game Gear-esque, we're in trouble. We are in trouble, but musically we're we're sitting pretty. So the last thing I'm going to play is again from Undertale. Uh, and I alluded to this before that this uses uh, the melody from Snowy, but in a completely different context, a much more video gamey context, I guess I would say. Carl, I think you're really going to like this one. This track cool. is called "Dating Start." Guys, thanks so much for joining us for this show until 18. I had such a blast today. I'm really happy with the playlist that both Will and myself brought in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. It's so great for Will to be back. He's back on his winter break to do an episode together in the same room. Like we said, every single one, this is the 18th time we've done show and tell, every single one of them we've been together. Yeah. And we got to keep that going. I can't imagine doing it any other way. It just worked out that way. It works out really well. So guys, I'm really excited because we have some wonderful episodes. We're closing in on a big milestone uh, with, you know, 
know, leave it at that for this podcast. If some of you probably know, yeah, numerically, episode 199. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I can't wait guys. for it. <laughs> yeah. So stick with us. We have some cool stuff coming up. As you know, kind of how we structure. Uh, one thing we should make clear that uh, we already had our big kind of interview episode this season. We kind of did it a little early because 200 is going to be, we're going to be doing something kind of, kind of special and nice for that. Not an interview for that one, but some Everyone of the other stuff. shut their laptop. They just like <laughs> threw their phone on the ground. But some of the other stuff that we do um, when we end a season, I'm thinking like original showcase that'll be coming up. And actually Ooh, next yeah. week, do you know what next week is? It's Greatest Hits 2015. Oh, nice. Which is just some of the most fun I have on this podcast, playing the best of the best for that year. So stick around for that next week. Uh, I'm going to go, play you guys out with a track from the Grand Stream Saga. If you remember, that was one of the games that we featured last week on our Quintet episode. This one is this track is called Arona, and it was composed by Mayoko Kobayashi, again from the Grand Stream Saga. So we're going to play you guys out with this. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.